1: Welcome back to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God.
2: And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Ramo Word of Faith, the Word Church.
1: We've been spending some time yesterday, especially starting on the keys to the kingdom of giving. We've spent the last couple of weeks talking about the different keys. Now we're on the key of giving. And we're talking about giving in the sense, not only just money, but all of our giving, our giving of our time, our giving of our energy, our giving of our focus, Uh, All those kinds of giving. We will also at some point talk about giving of our finances because that is one of the hardest things for people to give up. But I'm also convinced that time is one of the hardest things for people to give up. It is a lot easier to get somebody to commit to give you a check for $20 than it is to get them to give you an hour of their time at some kind of a fundraiser or some other effort that you might be trying to do. And so time is one of those hard things. But we're just talking about giving of all sorts of different things. And yesterday we were talking and we started off talking about how God talks to them about blemished sacrifices. They were to give unblemished sacrifices and they were giving blemished ones. And we talked about how God did not appreciate those kinds of sacrifices. And in fact, in Malachi chapter 1 verse 10, after he talks to them about offering wounded, blind, infirm, diseased, crippled sacrifices, he says to them, oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. And you read that and, you know, that sounds a lot harsher than I think we think God is. I'm convinced that a lot of Christians think, well, God will just be happy with whatever I give him whether that's my time, my energy, my finances, whatever that is. And if I've got a few extra minutes to give him, he'll he'll be happy to take it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I might give him nothing or our energy or our focus or any of those things. And sometimes we do, we take the attitude of, well, you know, I could give nothing. So he should be happy that I gave him what I gave him. God is not pleased with blemished sacrifices. He, in fact, I love that scripture where he says... Oh, that one of you would shut the temple door. I'm convinced that the equivalent of that is that God is telling us in our churches today, if you're not going to come and truly worship me, if you're not going to come and give me your attention and your focus and and all of your energy and all of your worship, I would just as soon somebody locked the door and you guys all stayed home and watched football or something on the food channel or something else, just go to the lake, do something. If you're not going to come and truly worship me, don't even go to the trouble because it's just not that pleasing to me. And so I think once we get an idea of God in that manner, that God is really actually a jealous God. And that God wants our focus on him. He wants our attention on him. And not just on Sunday morning, but every day of the week. I think once we get that picture of God, it will make a big difference in the way that we live our life.
2: Amen. And again, you say live our lives. Jesus said again that he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And again, over in Matthew, he said, I'm going to give you the keys to live a life more abundantly. And these keys are going to be, uh, the wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of me. I'm going to give you understanding. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you some principles to a successful life, especially the life of living in this what he called the kingdom of God. And one of the one of the main keys, uh, besides that key of faith, is that key of giving. You you got to be a giver. I was just reading in uh, Proverbs eleven twenty five. It says the generous or the liberal so will be made rich or made fat and that's a truth that's God's truth he said he who is a giver you're going to be made you're going to ha- have an abundance because God so loved the world he gave his son Jesus and now look how many look at the the harvest God has reaped off of that that giving of his son Jesus amen that's why we're here today as a result of God's giving, <laughs> right? So that's who God is. And again, we have to get a revelation and I always tell people, you know, a lot of people they have this misconception or misunderstanding about God and why Jesus came. Jesus came promoting a superior kingdom called the kingdom of God. And that's why he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom or the keys of heaven. And there's going to be these principles, these commands that come with a promise. And if you use them, you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. And it's basically, it's still all about God allowing us to have an abundant life. He's not, he says, my commands aren't grievous. I wouldn't tell you to do anything that's not gonna benefit you, that's gonna, that, a, a, a responsible parent wouldn't do that. We're parents, We. I wouldn't give my kids bad advice. You know, I'm, I'm telling them things because I feel I'm a wise, he's gonna get some wise counsel from me he or she, I'm telling them something that's going to benefit them. So God's given us his word. He's given us the keys to the kingdom, the commands with a promise. He's given us principles. He's given us wisdom and knowledge. He says, now go out and do this and watch what's going to happen. Don't try to use your own understanding because it ain't going to work. Remember, in the kingdom, we walk by faith, not by intellect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that we don't welcome. That's, that's
1: what he means by sight, our own intellect. intellect.
2: yeah, yeah. That's why he says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You start thinking like we think in the kingdom. And in the kingdom, we're givers. We're, we're not always gimme, gimme, gimme. it's give, give, give. Because back to the principle over in Galatians: whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. So if I'm a big giver, I should be getting back big because those are the principles. God just set them up. The principle, and, and here's the deal about the principles of the kingdom of God they work anywhere on the earth, just like gravity. Gravity works in the United States, it works in Europe, it works anywhere on the earth. So when God laid out these principles, he said they work anywhere. They'll work in Africa, they'll work anywhere. The principles. But <laughs> well, you know what's interesting,
0: as
1: you said that, it came into my head that when when these words were being written, the United States didn't exist. For some reason we think we're the center of the universe. Right, right,
2: right, right.
1: And the US, but the US didn't even exist when God wrote these things.
2: Well, it's back to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he'll exalt you. That's another principle or key we'll talk about later, humility. And there's a difference from humility and false humility. But we don't want to go down that road right now. We're on the road of giving. And back to Luke six thirty eight. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will men give it to your bosom? Again, that's the principle. That's how, again, we're trying to encourage people to ignite their faith on fire, to live by the principles of the kingdom of God, not by the principles of this world. Bible tells you don't be conformed to the world. We're trying to encourage you and move you towards being conformed to the kingdom of God, which equates to God's way of doing things. And it's totally different from what we've been programmed by this world system to believe and do.
1: Well, see what was happening in Malachi's day, they were living by the world system. They would have a unblemished lamb. They would then have a diseased, crippled or problem lamb, and the world said, "Well, you know, you should you should um, give that diseased one and keep, keep one. the good hey. one. You could sell it for more money later." That's what the world says. The world says, "Give the diseased one to God and keep the good one for yourself." Well, that's what the world's saying today. Give your time to what you're interested in, and then if you got any left over, give it to God.
2: Well, we, we do that too. Give your unwanted clothing to... we organiza- not supposed to go organiza- buy
1: some stuff and give it no, to them. Oh, no, give them the old
2: stuff that you don't want. You give that away to those charities or those organizations. Right. See,
1: and that's what the world says. We give away our old stuff we don't want but, anymore. But,
2: but I want to just say this real quick. The Bible says we're, we're a holy nation. We're a royal people. When you go visit a king in his country, you don't bring him your leftovers. And also, if a king, you heard the story about, it was a famous golfer in America. He went to visit a king of Saudi. And he blessed the king so much, the king said, well, you know what, I, I, I gotta give you something. For you, you've been a blessing to us here in our nation. And he said, no, no, they don't give me nothing. He said, no, I gotta give you something. He said, what do you like to do? He said, well, I like the golf. And the guy said, Well, just give me a golf club. Yeah, okay. And he says, just give me a golf club. So he goes home, come back to the United States, all of a sudden UPS arrives at the door, FedEx, and they arrive with a package. But it's a deed to a golf club. (laughs) It's a deed to an actual golf club. (laughs) So see, kings think different. So and he didn't give him a he gave him a golf club. He could have gave him a little butter, but he didn't give a part. And that was a true story, and I forgot who the golfer's name was, but that was a true story. So The scripture says in Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet is saying what thus said the Lord. And he says, the Lord says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. So as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts in your ways, my ways higher than yours. So what God's saying is, I'm going to bring you guys up to the way I think. And I'm a giver. So let this mind be in you. That's in Christ Jesus. So, Again, that's how the kingdom works, and we all have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And it's a process because the world system that told us, "No, you keep the best for yourself. You don't give away the good stuff." So, but you got to start practicing that. And the scripture says, in "The first Peter that we're to practice righteousness." So you got to practice doing these things because we practice all of our most of our life we because we've been programmed we practice unrighteous. <laughs> Well, right. we got I mean, that's in it.
1: We're born in with a sinful nature, right? So, that's so just what else are you gonna we are? do? Yeah. Right.
2: So now you come into the kingdom, and Jesus said in Colossians, it says in Colossians, we've been conveyed out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. So you're not remember you're in the world now, but you're not of the world. So now you got to start thinking like the kingdom that you're from, and that's the kingdom of heaven. That's where you're from. And you're an ambassador for that kingdom. So you yeah. got to start thinking like that.
1: Right. And and it's interesting that you said that because when we get up in the morning, most people, I would say even most Christians, probably see either the news or the newspaper or something like that before they see the word of God. And I would challenge anybody listening to this to try for at least a week And then if you can do it longer, where the first thing you see in the morning is the Word of God. So you stick your Bible by your bed, whatever you got to do, so that when you get up in the morning, the very first thing you see is the Word of God. Don't get up in the morning, go outside. And I know lots of people do. I used to do this myself, so I know this is how people do it. Get the newspaper, look at what the headlines are. First thing in the morning, try to train yourself to look at the word of God before you look at the news, before you look at the newspaper, before you do anything else, because it will transform the way you see the day. Because if you get up and the first thing that you start looking at is who stabbed who, who shot who, who got in a wreck, who's threatening to bomb who, who did bomb who, who did... It just sets your mind onto negative things, but it sets your mind off of God because you start to think, well, man, the world's just, there's just no hope in the world. Try for at least a week and see if you can't do it for longer where the first thing that comes into your head in the morning is the word of God. I don't care what scripture you read because he says that all of his word is good and none of it returns void. And and look at the word of God first.
2: Well, I'm I'm gonna just give, even challenge people to go even further. You know, psychologists they say it takes 30 days to form a new habit. Oh, you want to go 30? You want to well, go a month, not right, right, a week. Right, right. To form I'm going to, to start form them a off new habit. I'm Vince. saying to form a new habit. And again, I've been saved for 14 years now, and I've programmed or conditioned myself to do that first before I get out to bed. If I'm not. Looking at the scriptures, I, I pray. I, I talk to God. That's the first thing I do. But it took me a while. I didn't always do that <laughs> prior to 14 years ago. No, I got out of bed and grabbed a cigarette, and and did other things. I, I and turned on the news. That's what I did. But and I, I always challenge people, even my congregation: get out of your comfort zone, get out of complacency, do something different. And you got to press into the scripture. Says they are they're hearing about the kingdom, and they're pressing into it. You have to press into the kingdom. you got to press into doing other things. Because remember, our minds like, like to be comfortable. And, and we've been comfortable where we are, and that's called complacency. And, and it's familiar, so we want to stay there. But in order to get something you never had, you have to do something you've never done before. Right. And again, a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to take time to do that. They'd rather just turn on the TV, watch the news. But you have to do what God told Joshua In Joshua chapter one, he says this book of the law referring to the word of God shall not depart from you, but you should meditate in it. How long? He says day and night and then observe to do all that's written in it. He said, and then you will make your way prosperous, Richards, and then you'll have good success. He gave that's the key right there. That's one of my favorite scriptures. That's the key. That sums everything up. He says, meditate on what I said, not what they said, because we know we always say they said Well, who's they? (laughs) They is the news media. They is this. They is that. They is the world. No, no. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. He's your king now. He's the king of kings. You're the king. He's the king of. But he's our Lord and Savior. We've been bought with his precious blood. So the scripture said, shouldn't we live for him now? So if he tells us or instructs or commands us out of his wisdom to be a giver, shouldn't we just go ahead and, and do that? After all, we receive him as our Lord and Savior and We trust them that far. Shouldn't we trust them in this area of giving? And again, that's one place that people don't want to give. They don't want to give much of their time. They definitely don't want to give much of their resources or their gifts. And God said, no, freely you receive, freely give. And Peter and them said that when they were the guy was begging for money, the beggar. And they said, silver and gold we have not. But what we have? We're we going to give that to you. We have the anointing. We have some wisdom of God. We're going to give that to you. They say in the name of Jesus, get up.
1: See, so he thought he needed money. They knew he needed to be healed.
2: <laughs> right. And he got what he received because he hearkened into the voice of the word of God. Because that word of God is living and powerful. And it doesn't return void. It accomplishes what it sends out to do if you receive it. So if you receive this revelation that we're given and this key that we're given about, we're given, about giving, <laughs> you too can start accessing that abundant life that jesus said he came to give us he's given us some keys and those keys unlock the mysteries of god and you have to use them
1: i can almost hear somebody out there the wheels turning their heads saying well it sounds like they're talking about works sounds like they're talking about we have to do these things in order to please god no we're not talking about works we are saved by grace But being saved by grace does not mean that we live this careless, carefree life. I've got to do nothing now. We just lay back and we say, well, it'll take care of itself. No, we need to... it, It takes effort. And this is one of the hardest things, I think, for people to understand. It takes a change of life. It takes a change of mind. And if we just keep doing the same old things we were doing... Our mind is not going to be transformed. It is not going to be renewed. We need to get into the word. We need to spend time in prayer. We need to do all those things, not so that God will love us, but because we love God. And we want to hear what he has to say. I, I hearken it back to when, when we were younger, if you had a girlfriend, you liked, you would be on the phone to her all the time. Now they're probably Facebooking and Twitter and you know all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you would meet somebody and, and you wanted to just talk to them all the time. And as soon as you had to leave them, you were on the phone as soon as you got home because people didn't have cell phones back in the day. And so as soon as you got home, you wanted to talk to them on the phone and you couldn't wait to talk to him again. That, and, you, and you had that in that new relationship where you just couldn't get enough of hearing from them. That's where we need to get with God, where we just can't get enough of hearing from him and talking to him and being with him. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians get to that whole point where, nah, I've done that before. You know, I, I got enough of that. I don't really... Could you imagine if you just really fell for some girl and you said, you know, I've talked to her for a week. I, I That's enough. I don't need to talk to her anymore. People would say that was crazy. But lots of Christians, and you see it in their, in the giving of their time at home, in the giving of their time going to church... That, that they've just lost some of that enthusiasm, some of that joy. And what we want to help people do is rekindle that, that joy, rekindle that faith to where you can't wait to spend time with God. You can't wait to spend time in the Word. You can't wait to pray. You can't wait to do those things because you just want to spend time with Him. But we can just kind of lay back. And say, oh, well, I don't have to worry about it. And it'll all take care of itself. If you have a garden and you plant the seed and then you say to yourself, well, the rest of the summer, I don't have to do anything. All I got to do is put a little water on it. And it'll be fine. I guarantee you the weeds will outgrow the plants that you put in it. Right, you right. You not have done anything. Well, you won't have planted a weed. You won't have fertilized a weed. You won't have done anything with a weed. The weed will just take care of itself. And those weeds happen to us in our life when we don't take the effort that it, we need to give to God.
2: And I'm going to say take time to tend to the word. Because over in Luke 8:11 it says the seed is the word of God. And once you plant that word in the good ground of your heart, which Mark 4 talks about, the parable of the sora saying the heart conditions, he related it to ground, good ground, stony ground, thorny ground. You got it. Once that word gets into you, once you receive it, you got to take care of it because the enemy wants to steal it. That's why the scripture says in Proverbs, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life and the issues of life is what we're planning in. What what are you taking in all day? And you were talking about love. And I was just thinking about this young lady yesterday, friend of mine on Facebook. She posted yesterday, I am seriously in love. So now everybody else, They started commenting on it and I put, with who? I say, with Jesus, right? And then other people commented and later on she said, Vince, you were the only one that caught on. And I said, you know what, I'm in love with Jesus too. (laughs) I went on ahead and confessed, I'm in love with Jesus too. But everybody, all her other friends, and I have friends on Facebook who aren't Christians, I just befriend everybody. But everybody thought, who's the guy? Oh, it reminds me of the woman by the well when she said she went into town and said, come, I met a man. Remember, she had already had five husbands and she was living with another one. And she said, I met a man. So they was thinking, OK, this is number seven. And she met she met Jesus and she fell in love with him. So it's OK to be in love with Jesus. And that's for guys too. Yes, men, you can be in love with God through Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. I like those bumper stickers. Real men love Jesus. But I reminded her of something Jesus said. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my word, or you'll keep my commands. His commands is his word. And remember, they're not commands that are burdensome. Those are commands with a promise. Right. They're always light. remember that. Their burden is light. Yeah, yeah. And his joke is easy. So they're commands with a promise. And he said, that's the, I always tell people, when people talk about they're a Christian and they love God, I always go back to what Jesus said. If you love me, you'll do what I say. It's just like your kids. They go, Daddy, I love you. Well, why are you always not doing <laughs> nothing I tell you to do? You don't really love me. If you love me, if I love somebody, I want to be pleasing to that person. Really? I want to be pleasing to him. And the scriptures tell us to be pleasing to God. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. That means without acting on God's word, trusting in his word, relying in his word, having confidence in his word, you're not pleasing Him. And we know we got a lot of Christians out there that claim they love God, but don't have no trust in him.
1: Well, you know, it's, no it's interesting since as as you said that, it reminded me I don't right. know, it's probably been 10 years ago. I'm watching an episode of Cops, and the guy's been beating on his wife, and they put him in the car, and he's yelling out the window, I love you, baby. I love you, baby. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, because if you really love him, you're going to beat him up.
2: Right, right, And
1: right. no, that's not what real love is. And it's the same way. If you really love God, you're going to want to spend time with him. You're going to want to obey his right, commands. Right, right, right,
2: right. And, and we talked about that a couple episodes about when we uh, talked about the key of love. That was that second key we talked about. But we're, we we got to stay on track. We're on giving. God so loved tomorrow, the world, he gave. Tomorrow we're
1: going to talk about giving money. <laughs> right, right, oh, right. man. Well, we,
2: and, and we got God's word on it. And see, that's why I tell Richard. I always tell people, don't just say things about the word of God if you can't find it in scripture. Because people think we just making up stuff. I, I come from a Bible teaching ministry. I'm going to show you in a word what God said.
1: Yeah, if you doubt any of this, right, read right. the whole book of Malachi. And, and, it's really short. Well,
2: I just said if you got a problem with it, Take it up with God, because it's right. his word. And I'm back, I'm reminded back what it says in James 1. We was talking about, you was talking about people saying you're on your works and all that. No, we're in, we're on the grace, but look what Jesus, what James said, a through the anointing of the spirit. Verse 22 in chapter 1, but be doers of the word. Doers re- means action. I mean, if I say do well, something. I can't just read it and then go take a nap? No, no, he said, but be doers of the word. And not hearers only. See, a lot of people think that grace means, oh, I can just hear it, but I ain't really got to do it. Because I hear them all the time. They say, oh, I know that. I know I know what that says. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I, I, and I re- know that, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> we re- talked that issue. My reply is, why ain't you doing it? <laughs> right. If you know it, you, why ain't you doing it? Okay. He said, but be hearers of the word and not hearers only. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. So that tells me if I'm just a hearer only and not a doer, I'm deceiving my own self. And it's a terrible thing, Richard, to deceive your own self. So he said, he said, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. But he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And, and we know that ain't true. You look in the mirror, you know what you look like. you fixing yourself up. you getting everything together. But look at verse 25. But he who looks in the perfect law of liberty, that's the word of God. It's referred to as the perfect law of liberty. Look, and continues in it. That's key right there. You got to keep doing it. I I did that before. No, I tithed one time. No, I gave back in 1901. No, no, no. You got to continue. I read it. the Bible once. But I read the Bible once. No, it says continue in I know in where it. my Bible is. No, <laughs> I says, don't read it, but I know but where it says, is. And continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Oh, he, he did change from word to work. Work implies work. <laughs> <laughs> that he's doing something look this one will be blessed in what he does he said to be blessed and jesus said over in matthew he who hears these sayings of mine and does them i liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock
1: all right we're coming to the end of the show i want to warn everybody tomorrow we're going to talk about giving your money so if that's scary to you you might not want to tune in but if you want to hear what god says Be here tomorrow. And remember,
2: we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. So just remember, keep walking by faith.
0: If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, PO Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, PO Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.